Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. We have a uh, just a really sweet, special little service today. Um, the, in the early service, we shared in communion already, and it was a very, very sweet time. Um, it's a time to remember what Jesus did for us. And as we approach Easter and begin to think about celebrating Easter, the celebration of Easter, the celebration of life, there's that moment that we have to remember that there had to be a death before there was a resurrection. I don't like to think about that often. I love to celebrate Easter. Easter is one of my favorite times of the year, and so I love the celebration of Easter. But yet we have to remember that there had to be a crucifixion before there was a resurrection. And as we share and take in communion today, we remember that. We remember the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. We remember what he did for us. There's a verse in Luke chapter um, 22, verse 20. Look at this, Luke 22, verse 20. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. They're in the upper room. They've had the Last Supper. The, the betrayal of Judas is about to be um, spoken of, won't be revealed who it is until later. But Jesus shares this, and he says, in the same way, and in the same way, he's just talked about, I'm going to give, I'm giving my body for you. And so when you take the bread, he's saying, you're remembering my body given for you. And then he says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant. I want you to remember that. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. I think it's really important for us to remember that this is a new covenant because if we don't understand that, that what Jesus is about to do is a new covenant, we may just think that what Jesus did was just something to add to the old covenant just to make the old covenant better. We may be tempted to imagine Jesus going to a cross to die for us just as part of the old covenant, what Jesus is saying is when I do what I'm going to do, when I shed my blood for you, the end of the old covenant has come. The old covenant has been fulfilled. If you think about the people of God in the Old Testament, they had, uh, after the old Mosaic law was instituted in the covenant of the Mosaic law, they spent their entire lives trying to keep between laws and, and different rules, some 600 different laws and rules they found themselves trying to keep. Trying to keep that to please God. And there was no way they could do it. It was impossible. The old covenant was not instituted for the purpose of man being able to get right with God Ultimately, in the long term, it was instituted for one thing as a schoolmaster to say, you cannot live the life that God demands. You, you can't keep the rules. You can't keep the laws. You're never going to be good enough. You can't keep 
through human flesh do what needs to be done to be holy enough or righteous enough. Does that, do you, does that sound right to you? That's, that's the old covenant. And so it was just a matter of going year after year offering sacrifices, trying to offer a sacrifice to temporarily find appeasement, to temporarily find a covering for the sin. Not a washing, but a covering for sin. Jesus then comes through at the appointed time of the Father, and he is about ready to end that old covenant. The problem is, is there are going to be a lot of people that are just not going to grasp it. Human, human beings, for some reason, we want to feel like we have something involved in making ourselves right before God. Every religion on the face of the earth outside of Christianity is, is a religion of man trying to be good enough, trying to be good enough, do enough good things, enough good deeds, pray enough prayers, do, do enough to be received by God, and it won't work. That's a whole misunderstanding of how we got in the shape that we got in, in the Garden of Eden. What Jesus is saying is, now I'm going to do for you what you could not do. And so Jesus taking on his blood being spilled, the new covenant begins. And the new covenant, let me say this, the new covenant, you and I, unless you, you are here and you are a Jew, you and I were not a part of the first covenant. Anybody with me? You listen? We were not a part of the first covenant. That was for the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. We're Gentiles. We were not included until Jesus did what he did. When Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross and shed his blood, he leveled the ground black, white, yellow, red. It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter what nationality, where you come from. We're all on level ground now because Jesus said, when I die, this new covenant's going to start. And in this new covenant, it's not going to be just for a certain group of people, but it's going to be for everybody who will believe in me and come to me. That's a beautiful thing. Amen. And that's what he did. He came to die for us. He came to redeem us. Listen at these, look, look at the Ephesians. In him we have redemption, how? By being good? By keeping the law? By keeping rules? We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Is anybody excited that your sin has been forgiven? You ever wonder sometimes when you go to church and it's just like maybe if you don't go real often and you see some of those people getting a little bit excited and you see some arms go up in the air and you're just looking and you're thinking, what has gotten into those people? This has gotten into those people. They realize that through his blood we've been purchased back, bought back. Back from, we, from losing what we lost in the Garden of Eden, Jesus died on a cross to buy us back, and we are his again, and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he what? Lavished on us. You ever think about, how do you lavish something? I mean, just it's just a, a, an over outpouring of just love. He just lavishes it. I mean, it's just like getting a, 
getting, getting a biscuit and just slapping butter all over that just lavish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He lavished his love. He lavished his grace upon us. We're bought back. But here's where the struggle many people will, will face between religion and relationship. Religion will keep you in bondage to a sin consciousness. Religion will cause you to get up every day saying, oh, God's disappointed in me. I've sinned. I, I, mean, I, I didn't mean to, but I've sinned, and God's disappointed in me. Hey, oh, I hope I don't sin today. I've got to try not to sin today. I need to really try. I hope I don't sin today. I hope I don't do that again. Lord, you must not love me anymore because I keep telling you I'm not going to do it anymore, and I keep on doing it. I don't know what to do, but Lord, you can't love me anymore. I know you're disappointed in me, and all day long, you're feeling ashamed, and you're feeling guilty, and you just can't break the power of that thing. Look at this verse in um, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. How much more then, more than the blood of animals, how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God requirement, unblemished to God, cleanse our, what's that word? consciences from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Cleanse our what? See, let me, let me say this. I'm, I'm not going to do a whole lesson on conscience, but you can train your conscience. That's why some people will, in, in different, being raised differently, will have different convictions, and then they will say, well, my conscience bothers me with that. And sometimes it can be right, and sometimes it can be wrong. If it's aligned with Scripture, it's right. If it's not aligned with Scripture, it's wrong. You tracking with me? Now, here's what the enemy does. I think sometimes we, we come to this place where we, we come through and we follow Jesus and, and, and our sins are washed away and, and then religion says, now that's great, Jesus died for you, he rose again, he became sin for, not just took our sin, but he became sin for us on the cross and religion says that's well and good, we're glad he did that, but now that you have trusted Jesus as your savior, it's gonna be up to you to keep yourself saved, and that is impossible. But that is no different than the old covenant. I'm, I'm, I'm screaming too much, I, know, I don't know what. It's no different than the old covenant. The old covenant, they would go and once a year they would offer sacrifices for the covering of their sin, but they would have to go back year after year after year. And Hebrews chapter 10 says what Jesus did was he entered into the Holy of Holies and he said it here too. And what Jesus did was went in once he died and paid the price once. And then he went and sat down with the father and said, okay, it's done. It's no more sacrifice. Never again. There is no more sacrifice. If, the, if, if Jesus' sacrifice is not good enough, we're all in trouble. He said it's a better covenant, not, not a covenant, well, okay, now it was lambs and goats that could only do it temporarily, but now it's the blood of Jesus that could only do it temporarily. No way. If it's a better covenant, 
It, the new covenant, remember we talked about the new covenant. If it's a better covenant, it means that what Jesus did, he did once and for all, forever, where the blood of animals could only do it for a short period of time. And then, when we come to him, our consciences are cleaned. Amen. So when the enemy comes at you and he says, you know what you did. You know what you did. You know what you said. You know where you've been. You know how you acted. All he wants to do is create shame and guilt. And in that moment, let's take him back to the blood of the new covenant. In that moment, let's take him back to the blood. You have, Satan, you have no power over the blood of Jesus. Are you tracking with me? It's amazing what God has done in our lives through the blood. Can you imagine Jesus hanging on a cross? Chris, you could come. Can you imagine Jesus hanging on a cross? He has been led where he has been beaten. The flesh, if you read Psalm 22 as a prophecy, the flesh literally pulled from his body until you could literally see his insides. He hangs on a cross. And can you imagine with me the first drop of blood that falls to the ground? You see Jesus and you imagine in slow motion the first drop of blood that begins to fall and it hits the ground. Doesn't sound any different to this world. But to the spiritual world, it must have sounded like an atomic bomb. In the kingdom of darkness, it sounded like an atomic bomb. Suddenly, every drop of blood of Jesus had hit the ground. Satan knew you are defeated. It is over for you. You are defeated. He is going to make a show of you openly, and you will not be able to control people anymore. Suddenly, the power of God breaks the power of the enemy, breaks the power of sin, and brings hope into the world where there was none. And we're going to remember that as we continue to worship the Lord and as we take in communion. You may be a new person to the faith, and perhaps you've not taken communion before, or you haven't taken it very many times, or, or perhaps you're somebody that grew up in the church, and they, you took communion a lot. And you just got up and you followed everybody else because that's what you did and, and no one ever really even explained why you were doing what you're doing. Well, we're going we're gonna to share in that in just a minute, but, but I've got to say a few things first. Because Jesus, why, why do we even do this? Because Jesus knew that we're a forgetful people. He knows that we, that we come in here and we're all together and we feel really good and we, we listen and we hear the spoken word, and we believe, yet we walk out those doors and we walk back into the lives we had before and the relationships we had before and the situations we had before, and we forget. We forget a whole lot of things. And I don't think it's so much that we forget the Easter celebration. I, I think probably uh, people that don't believe, if you said, what is, uh, besides the Easter bunny and the eggs and all that stuff, what is Easter about? 
people that don't believe would say, oh, you know, that story, Jesus went to the cross and died and, and three days later rose from the dead. Even they know that. And, and as believers, we could, you could every, probably every day this week, maybe even every day for the last two weeks, you could have gone to some kind of whistles, blowing bells, chiming, cantata, or, or church play that churches do really great. And, the, and they, they portray the whole story and it's a wonderful thing. I don't think that's the part we forget. We forget the reason that he did it all in the first place. Because we get so locked into knowing ourselves, right? You can't climb inside of my mind. I can't climb inside of your mind. But we know what we've done. We know our history. And, and Bud talked about shame and guilt. What I want to make sure that you really hear and know this morning is shame and guilt were not born of God. They were not born in heaven. They are tools from hell. That's where they were created. That's where they belong. And those are the two biggest things that Satan is ever going to use on us. Shame and guilt. He will beat us with those things. And so we think about the things that we've done. Perhaps we even think about the things we're still doing. And so we find this, this imbalance in our lives because we're like, I want to love the Lord. I do love the Lord, but I still love things of this world. And we fight within ourselves. And we forget why he did what he did. And when we forget, then here's, here's the big sad thing. Whatever we've done grows really big in our minds. And the cross grows really small. And what we've done shadows the cross. And that is such a lie. It's always this way. We stand in the shadow of the cross and the shadow is big enough for all of us. And so Jesus, knowing that, gave us a way, gave us something that we could do together so we would remember, this is why you did what you did, and whatever I've done is not bigger than the cross, that what Jesus did is always bigger than what you have done. And so we're going to share, if, you, if you've never done this, we'll, we'll tell you the way that, that we do this in here. Uh, we do it, we try to be, everything we do, we try to be close, as close as we can to the way Jesus did things which is why we have a believer's baptism, immersion in water, because that's what Jesus did. And if Jesus did it, I want to do what he did. And Jesus shared this meal with the closest people to him in the world. And now we are the closest people. We are brothers and sisters of his, exactly how he felt about those 12 men that were with him. He feels about us. And so he has a meal he wants to share, and it was part over the Passover meal. And he took bread and broke it, and he had a cup of wine at that meal. We use grape juice here. This is what we're going to do because we need to remember. So if, if those that I've asked to come and, and help me this morning, if you would come over here and, and over here. Um, because Jesus broke the bread to share it, we do that. So here's the thing, you're, you're going to get to come forward, and this side will, will go this way, and this side you'll go this way, and you don't all have to jump up and cram the, the aisle. You can enjoy the music, and just sitting there will kind of go as, as rows start to go. You can step forward. We do have, uh, for anybody that has some gluten issues, 
We've got some gluten crackers. If you would just stop and grab one of these and then either go this way or, or this way. Um, the first thing we need to do is we need to tear a piece of bread off. And, and we need to remember first that we tore that body. Bud said his body was torn all the way to the bone. And that's hard to do. That's hard to, that's hard to sit in his presence and go, man, the things I've done, I tore you all the way to the bone. And that, when you tear that bread, that's that reminder that that's what you did and that's what I did. And what a sad, sad day it would be if that's all we did. But then the glory comes. Just like Jesus is going to rise from the grave, the glory comes as you take that brokenness and you dip it down into the cup. So that's what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to dip it. And I love this part. When you, when you pick your bread back up, because the juice is drippy, it's going to drip down into that bread. It changes the nature of everything. It, it totally covers it, totally changes it as that blood drips down into you. I hope you feel an atomic bomb going off inside of your spirit because no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, it can't even come close to the power of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You own that today. You believe that today. You remember that today because you can't celebrate Easter until you remember why he did it in the first place. And so we're going to pray and then we're going to share in this meal. Lord God, every person in this room is in need. We cannot do this on our own. We're never going to be able to walk the life that you called for us without you in the very center of it. And we so easily forget all the reasons that you do what you do and did what you did. We never seem to forget the things we've done. But Lord, we minimize you. We make you so small when we don't accept the truth of what you say and what you did. You are our God. It's not the other way around. And so today, Lord, we recognize our participation in your brokenness as hard as that is. And then we dip that brokenness down in and let the blood pour down through that bread, pour down through our brokenness and remind us and give us new life again so that when next Sunday comes, we are resurrection people ready to share in the goodness and holiness of all that you've brought to us. We pray all these things in the holy, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Amen. The table is open to all those that believe. Would you come and receive? Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.